Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. So because I clicked record, I get to do the intro for this one. So Pineapples at the ready. They, I mean, there's something. There's something that you could use your, well, hang on. Right. Today, 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 today. This is why I don't start podcasts. We we were sat there and we, we had a look at our list of stuff that we could talk about. And we weren't feeling any of it. So we just thought, well, maybe we'll come up with something else. We thought, let's talk about cool shit. You can spend all of the money you're saving from not boozing, uh, not getting in taxis, not buying drunken, drunken curries, not kebabs. buying, uh, yeah, kebabs. Uh, Losing your wallet. Yeah. And your phone. Um, what else do we spend our Taking money on? Taking excess money out of ATMs. When oh, yeah. Drunk. Yeah. Potentially purchasing extra party prescriptions. Not that I've ever done that. Um, um, buying stuff online when you're drunk. A friend oh, of mine yeah. does this on the regular. Stuff arrives at the house and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, that, did I? I knew a guy at uni woke up to a phone call from the fraud squad because he'd been gambling under the influence of vodka and spent an absolute fortune and they moved so much money the police called him to check in with him and see what was going on or at least the he said fraud squad perhaps he was be perhaps he was over egging it perhaps it was that the sounds bank. slightly like, embellished Mr. The bank we're like yeah i've just realized that at this moment um, sounds like you've, you've got a friend making a story has a, called... has a bit of a pinocchio nose <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah and clearly sam back then was a gullible motherfucker um <laughs> So, but who knows? Maybe it was. I don't know. But it sounds like he embellished to, for a good story, didn't it? Anyway, someone phoned him. Um, or, or maybe they didn't. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe I've just made up someone's story. I've just reported a made up bullshit story. Um, also, spending money on hangovers the day after, not even knowing that the reason that we're doing it is to make ourselves feel better because our neurotransmitters and dopamine is so low that we need to figure out ways of sticking more dopamine inside of ourselves so we walk around shopping malls this sounds like this this is this is something i've got um experience of you sort of opposite a shopping mall so we walk around shopping malls buying coffee and shit food and and t-shirts and stuff to try and make ourselves feel better that's a right that vision happen. in my head right now yep yep um essentially there's a lot of things that we spend money on that when we no longer spend that money it's obviously available to do things with hmm. Hmm. until you spend it again but that's what we're going to talk about here right well yeah but i mean it's one of those isn't it i think we need to be cautious that it is possible for us to you know i know that i have definitely um bought things compulsively addictively before and i do know that i can spend time you know i've got one of my favorite things to do is just hang out looking at like software and stuff <laughs> i can buy this is just ridiculous <laughs> A window into Sam's um, world. So let's let's um, be cautious on that. I don't, you know, that's worth taking note of. But at the same time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, indulging ourselves, treating ourselves, buying something, particularly if, uh, yeah, if we've been spending that money into, like investing that money um, back into something else that isn't kind of destroying things. So mm. Ellie Crow, 
what's I'm going to put you on the spot. What's something you could spend your money on that's 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 good fun and cool? My favorite, like I'm a massive fan of sober treats, by the way, particularly in the early days. So if you've done like the alcohol experiment or something like that, and you are clocking up time alcohol free for the first time, then noting in whatever way is meaningful to you what you're serving and then allowing yourself to be delighted by a little sober treat is a wonderful wonderful motivation along the way mm. one of the first things that i bought was a weighted blanket and it was quite pricey it was probably about i don't know 250 quid something like that like seemed like a good chunk of money to spend um can we just pause this for a second <laughs> really yeah. quickly apologies that's a very important phone call i needed to take how rude um so what is it this is a light informal one isn't it so it's allowed so weighted blankets that was my first purchase Mm -hmm. and I it it was a chunk of money but I was saving I reckon about 450 quid a month because I used to drink a lot of wine and it was expensive wine so even that as a massive purchase was broadly what half of my um, spend on booze in a month and I'll tell you what that weighted blanket I have used that every single day since I bought it. So use it, I sleep with it every night, um, can use it in meditation, those sorts of things, or in a yoga nidra practice. And it's just oh, so helpful for the nervous system in those times where you need to, um, you know, down-regulate. So mm-hmm. those sorts of things, I think, are just utterly utterly marvelous and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that falls under the category of I've, I've talked quite a lot particularly in the groups that i'm coaching at the moment that are the path groups that are starting off um you know the the in sort of the early stages i've talked a lot about the importance of having a sanctuary and so in the early days of sobriety for me i created this sanctuary in my room which was uh just this blissful place to go to that meant that I wasn't triggered by going into the kitchen and hearing the wine glasses calling at me. So totally taken off the table. I've gone to a different environment and it's stimulating my nervous system in a really nourishing, delightful way that I'm just like, I'm skipping up there to go and spend some time because I know it's going to feel really good. And so I, um, over the course of, you know, the, the days and weeks I created this environment in my room and it was in, included things like the weighted blanket it might include a new book that I've bought to read. It might include a, I've got one of those lovely oil diffusers and buying, you know, the, there's so many different scents that you can buy for different, you know, if you want to invoke different moods and what have you, um, buying some nice facial products and giving yourself a facial, buying yourself a nice oil and giving yourself a, um, a foot massage or uh, buying a subscription to something like Movement for Modern Life or Commune and taking a Qigong class or a Yoga Nidra class. Um, candles, not just for the scent, but for the dimmed light, the candlelight, like all of these things create a really inviting, nourishing environment to to really delight your senses like it's a wonderful thing to do and it doesn't need you don't need to spend a bunch of money 
but if you are saving some from not drinking and you want to invest in something that's going to feel really good then there's a there's a starter for you yeah sweet love that love that right you've got to ask me now oh sorry um mr sam what was the first thing that you bought in sobriety we just look really confused now well i mean oh i i i've i've i honestly i've got no idea I can't I can't remember but I do know that I, I am baffled by this question of how there have been times in my life where I'm like how on earth did I actually afford to to run the lifestyle I was running and yeah I don't I don't really know actually because yeah. for me I was figuring out I did like a TikTok thing the other day and I was figuring out how much I thought I'd saved over the last you know seven and a half nearly eight years and it's like tens and tens of thousands in terms of like all that stuff we were talking about earlier. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, the the biggest thing that occurs to me is that I've pretty much taken all of that money that I was using to kind of fuck myself up and I've invested it in, you know, building business, a business, building, you know, getting coach training, all those kinds of things. Yeah. That kind of yeah. leaps out at me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess that's a big thing is, some you can create you can literally it's not just that you're gonna it doesn't necessarily have to be like things in the sense of as as amazing as they are um because i was going to talk about art actually um but before i do that yeah like absolutely investing in yourself to perhaps there's that thing you want to launch or perhaps there's that book writing course or perhaps there's that poetry thing that you want to do or whatever right like whatever it is for you that that could be amazing um and yeah i don't know i thought about art i thought about just stuff that's um, really sort of meaningful and has been crafted. And so I love going to craft fairs. It's one of my favorite things to do. They didn't have it this year, but there's this massive craft fair in the, in the cathedral where I live. And um, it's one of my, I love it. It's like a day out, just go and have a look at all the, the weird shit people are making. That's like independently created. Yes, it costs more money, but who gives a shit? Um, and not being in this like, Oh, should I, shouldn't I just like, wow, that's amazing. That's a, that's come from someone's soul. Do I value it? Yeah, I value it. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get that then. But tattoos, right? It's a, that's a big one for me as well. That kind of stuff. You know, people might look at, it's so funny, isn't it? People might be like, how much did that cost? Or, and yet maybe kind of spending, well, will be spending a lo loads more than that in a year um, on, on alcohol or, or whatever it might be and not even be thinking about it, not even be realizing it. So yeah, there's a, there's a few. Mm, love it it's it god I, I honestly don't know how i afforded to live it's really weird, yeah. it's yeah. it's mental and when when i went out i don't go out that often but when i went out recently i was gobsmacked at what it costs for a drink yeah like it's it, it's utterly incredible and then you think well how do you i suppose people preload before they go out but how on earth do you afford to have a night out like it, it it's just insane to me um <clears throat> and what i what i in all likelihood do now is that same money is being invested in being present with my kids mm. and so having you know different 
adventures and experiences with them, doing different things with them. Um, and, and, and actually it's not just the, the, um, the investment in the thing, but it's the investment of my total being in the thing, because there are many a times like I, we often, uh, take the kids to this amazing circus up at Great Yarmouth, um, an acrobatic circus, not an animal circus. I won't do that. Um, and it's in this incredible building. It's one of the, I think it's the only surviving circus building. Have you ever been, Sam? Is it the Hippodrome? I haven't been. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Maybe maybe we've got to go again on Monday. I think I've seen videos. Do they fill it with water or something cool like yes. that? Yes. Yeah. So, so you've got so it's a, a, the original circus building. It's absolutely unreal. You are so close to all the action. I mean, I've been like nearly hit in the face with like somebody's foot and a flamethrower. <laughs> um, but you're you're right next. You know, if you're ringside, you're right there. And then the this one that's on at the moment is the circus and water spectacular. So the 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 ring drops down and it fills with water, and then you've got. Synchronized swimmers and acrobats and all of this—it's—it's it's amazing. Now, of course, they've got a bar there. So, in the bad old days, I mean, I never went there in the bad old days. But in the bad old days, had I gone there, I'd have had a drink, guaranteed. I'd have had a drink, and then it'd have been probably more than one. And then I'd been worrying about—is my drink going to last me throughout the thing? And then how am I going to get to the bar during the interval when it's really busy and all of that? And 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 that's that's because we started going there uh, only you know, a few years ago when I've, I've never, you know, been a drinker visiting there. It's a completely different experience. It's like, it's all about the kids. It's all about the candy floss and the getting stung for the ice cream and the popcorn and all of the stuff, the light ups and all of that. But it's, it, it the first time I went, it, I was just blown away. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, wow, a bit like the Lapland UK story, the first half of it, you know, being fully present for something like that. So it's not just like the investment of the money, it's the investment of your being in a completely different way. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe we should go there on Monday when we meet up. Oh, yeah. How how could, like, that is the (laughs) the second time we've met in person for anyone listening. That's it. That's fucking crazy once a year. That's how busy life is. Like Santa Claus. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Um, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Brilliant. And I love the way you screamed that as well. That was brilliant. Um, what was it? <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. The other thing that occurs to me is just, you know, it's, I think all around the world right now, particularly in, well, we are, and I know in America and a lot of other places, you know, there's a lot of inflation. There's a lot of expenses that are going up. Um, so just, just being able to sort of live more comfortably in that way and not, not need to have to buy anything, but just in the knowledge that we're not, you know, it's innocent as well, by the way, there's no judgment in this. Like the reason we're having this conversation is that we were there for the longest time, but because we're not, you know, just spending our money on stuff that's making it harder to get by. Or also I really, I cannot imagine a world where. I, I would have managed to have afforded a mortgage and stuff like that when when I was still drinking. Like it, it, it didn't happen until, you know, it took it took me a little while after. Um, and those things are, you know, I think there's an element of discipline and yada yada yada, yada not not for this podcast in terms of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, what an amazing 
no, 450, 500, 600, 700 quid a month or whatever, which was, you know, what I could spend as well. I mean, that's, that's a mortgage. Um, oh. It might, might like that's, that's rent. That's, that's if for a lot of people, not for everybody. I understand that's not the case if you're in central London or New York or something, but that's for, for a lot of people, it's a fair chunk of, of stuff. It's, it's dinners out. It's uh, yeah, it's, and and I think the other thing as well is that I don't know, like I can remember reading in, in Alan Carr as in one of his easy way to stop smoking books, I think where he basically said, you know, he'd, he felt so guilty about how much money he'd always been spending on alcohol and cigarettes. He never bought himself anything because he had this kind of story in his head of like, you know, you don't deserve to buy anything because you're basically spending all your money on this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think just actually this stuff that, being alcohol free that money can't buy there's the knowledge that you're not doing that there's the knowledge that you're more present for your kids like you said there's the not like all that stuff is like actually you don't even have to buy that you don't have to go to like it just comes comes with the package for free um which is pretty cool mm, it, is. it is there's there's so much stuff that you You've got no idea it's coming your way. It's highly valuable. Mm. When you embark on this business of living alcohol-free, so it's crazy. But but going back to that point about sober treats, they really, they really do help along the way. It can help you to, you know, recognize the gift that you've given yourself. That's the key, I think. Sorry to jump in, but I think that's it. I think the energy of these things is purchasing them as a recognition for what you've done rather than something that you're like, well, oh, if I could just drag myself through these days and weeks, then I'll buy myself this, that, or the other. Looks like the energy. Yeah. Is, yeah. Looks important. Yeah. And and also from that place of like you're you're not you're not missing anything. Like you yes, it's very nice for me to have my weighted blanket but I'm okay without my weighted blanket. Like we don't need any of this stuff, but I, I know the the difference for me between something that I'm investing in like that with that, that energy of appreciation and abundance versus lack and scarcity always like can detect the difference a mile off. And so I'm now, whereas before I used to waste a huge amount of money because I buy things from a, a place of scarcity and acquire more and more and more things I didn't need. I, I just, I don't do that anymore. So I think that's, that is actually another benefit of the clarity yeah. being alcohol free is that you don't like, I, I don't waste things. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever, I ever did um, intentionally, but it's just, it's living in a much more conscious way. It's really interesting to reflect on what's happened as well. Cause when I was a teenager, when I was a kid and I had my little Sunday jobs and stuff, I was really good at saving money and really good at, at and then once drugs and alcohol got involved, that all went out the window because it was mm. priority number one. And so I think it's interesting to reflect. If you find that once you, if you've got some time alcohol free and you're finding that, oh, you like, there's actually this wall up to investing in yourself or purchasing things to give yourself a pat on the back for the, on, on the back for this amazing thing that you've done. Just sit with that and reflect on how interesting that is that you were always finding the money for alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it was, 
and yet there's this thing so what is what does that signal like what's going on maybe there's maybe there's actually something in there because we all deserve a treat we all deserve our own time and our own investment and i think that's uh yeah i, th- I think that's in i think that's important to sit and reflect on that because we always find the money for things that we're addicted to and we don't even you know it's true for everybody out there you know they'll sort of be like you know you you share you know someone might be like how much are you spending on that as as they're in the bar spending eight quid on their pint yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's you know it's kind of what we do we have the shutters up because we've we, we just have an adam you know and one, once they once they're gone we we can look around and start to see those things but if anyone's listening and thinking well you know i'm not you know well well, and I know I know that we have to make decisions based on what's what's right for us and our family and all the rest of it and income and all those kinds of things. Um, but so yeah, investment doesn't just have to be um, like we've said things that are particularly expensive. It can be things that are seemingly well, things that are very low cost that have a huge impact on our life. Um, huge. So yeah, that seems. I, th- I don't know. There's more, isn't it? Funny. You start a conversation. It's more juice to it than than you'd realize. Like a pineapple. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, unless it unless it's not ripe. Sometimes a hard you get, pineapple. <laughs> sometimes you get those fruits, don't you? Where they the bastard things just don't. They skip the ripe bit. They're like not ripe, and then they just go black or brown, and they skip the bit in the middle. Avocados do that. I think that's because they get injected with stuff, don't they? About store. Well, I think it's about incorrect storage. I don't know if avocados are injected with stuff. Some things are, aren't they? Some things are sprayed with shit. I think it's nitrogen. Yeah, isn't? Don't they use? Is it ethanol they use to ripen bananas as well? There's, there's, there's certain things that they do, isn't there? God, uh, do you know what I fucking hate? Fizzy bananas, though. They're awful. I don't, I don't get them very often. I just, I, I tend to go for the non-fizzy ones. Well, I was trying. I was trying. I was trying to use up the lawn bananas that were left in the fruit bowl from the kids, and it was like, "Shit, I'm going to get pissed on this." It's um, it was proper fizzy. Oh. Yeah, look at this ethylene. It's not ethanol. I knew it was something ethy. Ethylene. Uh, so yeah, you can take advantage of ethylene's ripening properties at home by putting your banana into a closed paper bag. The the paper will track ethylene while letting in enough oxygen to help move the process along. For either far, even faster ripening, add an apple, pear, apricot, or avocado. Avocados again, eh? They have ripening rooms. Interesting. Interesting. Right, team. I feel like, I feel like we've done it, Ellie Crow. I feel yeah, like I just, we've I was just about to go down a rabbit hole looking at... What are you looking at? It's a matter. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we just just lost Googling. Hang on a minute. Let me ask Google. I'm going to ask for an amazing random fact. Google, tell me. Oh, no, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to our ask, friend. Our oh, friend, yeah. Jeremy. You ready? Yeah. Hey, Jeremy. Give me an amazing random fact for my podcast listeners that they likely won't know, please. You ready? I'm going to have to vet this. I'm Absolutely. Ready. Did you know that an octopus has three hearts? Yes, right. Yes. Two of these hearts are to work exclusively to move blood beyond the animal's gills, while the third keeps circulation flowing for the organs. 
The third heart actually stops beating when the octopus swims, explaining the species' penchant for crawling rather than swimming, which exhausts them. Isn't nature amazing? That's fucking wow. wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Mental. Right, there we go. Well, on, on that bombshell. octopus bombshell. Mm. Another sponsor of the podcast there. What? Ollie the octopus. Who's whoever that is? Right. See you soon. See you on Monday. Oh yeah, well, well, see you on Monday. I'll see this lot soon. See you next Tuesday. Rude. <laughs>